wolf pack ain't for soft, it ain't for soft people. There's a plane waiting for you to take it to St. Louis? Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't have to tell you people. We got better tonight. I mean, that's a triple play. You know, it's welling up inside of you, so get it out. It's therapeutic. I'm listening. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I am listening, and I am your host, Joe Giglio, and many thanks to all who have already downloaded the first two pack therapy sessions. If you are new here for Naheem Hines, go back and check out those conversations with Debbie Yao and Brandon Bishop from the first two episodes. Pack therapy is presented by Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. No mosquitoes, no pests, no contracts, guaranteed. Before we get to Naheem Hines, who played for the Wolfpack from 2015 through 17 and is entering his fourth year with the Indianapolis Colts, I wanted to hit a few things from NC State's 45-0 win over South Florida. Let's start with the good. Three things that I liked from NC State's win in the season opener were there was no mercy. NC State scored on their opening drive. They led 7-0. It was 17-0. And then before the end of the first half, it was 24-0. Ricky Person was responsible for all three touchdowns in the first half. I love the way that Ricky was able to run the ball against South Florida's outmatched defense. And quite frankly, I love the way that Dave Doran and Tim Beck just stayed with the run. There was no trickeration there. There was no nonsense. It was Ricky Person who ended up with 105 yards and three total touchdowns, and Bam Knight, who had a game-high 163 yards rushing, and he had a touchdown in the second half. Look, South Florida's not a good team, but NC State did what you're supposed to do against bad teams. They got up early, stayed on them, didn't let them go, never really gave them a chance in the game, and the result was what you saw, 45 to nothing. NC State certainly will play better teams in the future, but... I thought that was a positive way to start the season, particularly because of point number two, Devin Leary. Look, Devin Leary missed the final eight games of the 2020 season. He broke his leg against Duke in October, and it was a longer rehab than probably expected, but Devin looked good. He looked a little bit lighter. He was moving maybe a little bit quicker. He was very decisive. He looked very comfortable in Tim Beck's offense. He completed 17 of 26 passes for 232 yards. He did have two touchdowns, including that opening drive to Ricky Person. It was a great wheel route that he hit. Ricky out of the backfield in stride, so that was good. He did throw a pick in the second quarter for what would have been a touchdown for Thera Thomas. But I thought in all, Devin Leary showed what you wanted to see out of Devin Leary in his first action since last October. He was healthy. He was decisive. He moved well. Uh, they didn't exactly need him to be at his A game. I would say it was more of like a B game, and and that's just fine given the way that NC State was able to run the ball with both Bam Knight and Ricky Person. NC State ended up with 293 rushing yards, and four of their scores came on the ground. And the third thing that I liked was the defense, and specifically the secondary. NC State's secondary has been a weak spot. Um, one way they've been able to improve that is, well, through learning experience. They've had some young guys back there who've kind of gotten their seasoning. Uh, they've had some guys return from injury. It was good to see Chris Ingram back there last night after he had missed all of the 2020 season with a knee injury. I also like the addition of Cyrus Fagan. Cyrus the virus, if you will. He made a, a nice tackle in the backfield early in this game. 
He finished with seven tackles. He also had an interception. He's a grad transfer from Florida State. This is the kind of talent upgrade that I think NC State needed in that secondary. Derek Pitts is also a transfer. He's a guy who actually began his career with defensive coordinator Tony Gibson at West Virginia and now has found his way to NC State. So I think those two guys in particular, but Fagan looked good. Uh, he was aggressive, making plays. He was involved in the run game. And linebacker Drake Thomas also active, uh, given that Peyton Wilson got a little banged up there. Look, you don't want to risk injury in a game that you have in complete control of. NC State wins 45 nothing. We don't see a whole lot of Peyton Wilson. Had some questions on Twitter about Wilson's status. Look, NC State gets an extra day off before they have to go to Mississippi State next week. And also, I saw Wilson in the parking lot after the game, long after the game. He was walking in shorts and flip-flops. He looked just fine. Uh, I would not worry about Peyton Wilson at this point. Not just yet. And before we move on to our conversation with Naheem Hines, let me let me just throw one thing out there that I didn't like. I, I didn't see a lot of pressure from NC State's front. I know there are a lot of NC State fans out there who don't love the 3-3-5 stack defense, and one of those issues is you usually have to get pressure from your linebacker positions, which is fine when you have Peyton Wilson and Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore, but you also need to see some of those players in coverage. NC State had three interceptions, but they didn't have any sacks. Um, one thing early, too, Cade Fortin, who started at quarterback for South Florida, he missed some throws early that I'm sure Mississippi State coach Mike Leach has noted. And don't be surprised if we see some of those same route combos pop up next week when the Wolfpack goes to Starkville. All in all, though, not not many complaints. 45 nothing. NC State wins. They look good from the jump. They were aggressive. There were no dumb penalties. You know, particularly after last year with all of the penalty issues that they had. They were number 117 in the country last year in penalty yardage. They were only called for three penalties for only 25 yards in the opener. So all in all, really good start for NC State. The challenge gets more difficult from here. But as Dave Doran likes to say, NC State's 1-0 and only half of the teams in the country can say the same thing. So thankful to have Naheem Hines join me here on Pack Therapy. I've only known Naheem now since probably his junior year in high school at Garner High School. It's been a million years. And now, and now he's big time at in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. Naheem, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks always for having me on, Joe. So let's start with NC State's win over South Florida last night. I know you watched the game. You're in Indy, but I know you watched the game. What what were some of your thoughts in the forty-five uh, nothing performance? Oh, uh, we came out ready to play. Uh, started fast. Uh, you know that's a big emphasis. Football starting fast is good. You know going out there the first drop and points up on the board. And man, I mean the defense looked great. You know having a donut and uh, you know the offense looked great. You know Devin looked like he uh, grew some. He like you know he uh. Obviously, I heard him talk about how like his weight and stuff. So he got his mind and he focused this off season. And then he came back and looked like he had more control of the offense and he was focused. Uh, the receivers made plays and they had to. And I feel like uh, the NC State is a lot like the Colts. They probably got like one of the best backfields in the country. You know, with Ricky uh, Bam and even Jordan Houston, those those guys can all play. So you know, it was great to see you know the running backs go ball out. You know, NC State. It seems like we always have a great D line and always a great running back or quarterback, but it seems like we haven't fell short of that. That might be the most talented backfield I've seen in NC State ever. So uh, it was exciting to see them hit the ground running last night. I feel like that's saying a lot, seeing as how you were with Jay Sam and Reggie Gillespie. I know, but those those guys are talented, man. Those are, that's a, Ricky had three touchdowns and running hard. Bam, obviously, you know, Bam's a great player. 
So I mean, they could they stack up with us, honestly. I can, I, you know, I can be as prideful as I want to and say my class or this class is better, but real recognize real and those, those are some talented guys. You know, even Jordan, you know, some Jordan hasn't had any opportunities, but he's explosive too. So uh, that uh, Coach Beck and Coach Doran, they got a great backfield on their hands, and, you know, that's, that's lightning in a bottle right there with those three guys. Those guys can play. The play caller has changed since you were in school, and you were at NC State 15, 16, and 17. Actually, you had one year of Matt Canada and two years of Eli Drakewitz, right? Right. That zone stretch looks the same to me. Since Coach uh, Drinkowitz has came and left, I think that's just a staple in NC State's offense now. I feel like it doesn't matter who offensive coordinator is going to be. I think we're just going to run outside zone. We've been uh, we've been real good. It's been real good to us. It's been our baby the last five or six years. Yeah. So if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And it seems like we always have the linemen to block the zone stretch really well. We got great linemen. So I wouldn't, I'm not mad at them for keep running it. They should. You did a little segment on the uh, NC State website this summer with Bam Knight that I thought was actually – pretty cool um what were some of the words of wisdom you had for bam uh obviously you're very high on his talent anywhere's your number so i i think you signed off on that too <laughs> i think um my biggest words of wisdom was just a uh, training um training in the off season just some things to do like you know what you know with his like weight diet and uh, i talked to him a lot about diet you know sometimes like both of us like we talked a little bit we just we have a hard time eating sometimes before games you know your body especially us fast strong guys we need everything in our body so just talking about plans through that to you know help him so he has the energy he needs and then really just uh football just talked about football you know uh, and talked to him just said he had a big future ahead of him if he ever needs anything just let me know you know I'm, where he's at now, I think I've been, I've been before. So, uh, you know, not trying to mentor him or nothing, but, you know, if he ever asks questions, all those guys on that team know they can ask me. So I always leave the door open for him, Ricky, Devin. I talk to all, Bayer, all those guys. So that's what I always just do. Uh, I'm always in the building because I come back home. So I think that's pretty cool for them to see a guy in the NFL they know. So that's really what I just try to do, man, just try to not try to be a ball in their business because obviously they're going to do what they want to do. But, you know, they got a, they got a friend in me. I'm not going to do them wrong or lead them astray, and I'm going to, you know, be a, like a big brother to them. What was your go-to meal, pregame meal in college? Spaghetti with meat sauce, has a lot of carbs in it, and then like some probably like broccoli and corn, something like that, it, whenever I could eat, but it was, that was basically it. Is it, is it the same in the, with the Colts? Like do you have a – are you superstitious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I eat spaghetti. Okay. I, I figured. Uh, I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I mean, spaghetti is my favorite meal, so, I mean, I guess I eat that. But, yeah, I know spaghetti has a lot of carbs, and now I drink some naked drinks just for carbs and stuff, but the naked uh, blue machine. But, yeah, I, I've always been a spaghetti type of guy. Ever since the Michael Phelps, ever since I saw the thing with Michael Phelps, you know, like back in the Olympics when he was in his heydays, talking about spaghetti is, uh, you know, this is the first time I learned about carbs. Like, talking about how spaghetti stores energy in your body, then, you know, burns that later time, which is what carbs do. Ever since my mom showed me that article, I, I started eating spaghetti a lot more. This summer, the NCAA changed their rules on name, image, and likeness. I'm curious. When you made your decision, you left NC State after three years, do you think you would have made the same decision if NIL was in place? Like, I see athletes with a Bojangle sponsorship right now. Um, I see some other guys who are able to make some money from different opportunities of sponsorship. I think Thayer had a uh, body armor spot this summer or vitamin water, one of those two things. I'm curious, if, if would that have changed your decision, or were was your decision more about the position that you played and wanting to save some of the tread on the tires? <laughs> uh, first off, with Thayer getting the body armor, that's kind of crazy. I just got my first little body armor thing like a, a year ago maybe. I was like, dang, that's cool. Yeah. So shout out to him for that. And I think with me, the LNI, I mean, uh, I don't think it, it would have changed my decision at all. I think uh, I knew what I wanted to do, you know, the longevity of the career. And honestly, it's kind of like striking while you're hot. I had a great year. And even from what I heard in the NFL coming out, they said uh, coming back another year really wouldn't help me. Like they just said that, and obviously, you know, I wanted to stay in NC State forever, but 
when you're thinking like it doesn't matter what you do the next year, you're not going to get drafted any higher. It's like why are you going to stay another year and risk injury? And that's kind of what I came down to. As much as I loved Raleigh and you know things like that, I just you know once you hear those words like like the NFL thinks you're coming out, there's no point of coming back. You're not going to get drafted any higher because that's what you do in college. You literally play football as hard as you can to obviously change your family life and to get as drafted as high as you possibly can. So I mean, any person who's hearing that decision and it's probably in the same decision, same boat as me. They'd probably make the same decision I made. You spent some time this summer. I think you, you saw Dave Doran, right? Yes, I did see him. Okay, year nine for Dave, and I, I just think he's at a he's in a great place. This, this is the best I've seen him, just kind of in a mental space and and where he probably his confidence wise of where he is with the program. What were what were your impressions of, of your former coach as a guy? You know, you, you, you guys had to grind there in 16. You know? I mean, he, he was almost gone. So I, I'm just curious of your perspective of where Dave is here in year nine. I think, like you said, I think that he's in a great spot. Uh, you know, he's, he's had his, uh, you know, we've all had our trials and tribulations all at NC State, even him. And I think uh, he survived the storm. He's weathered the storm. He's been recruiting his butt off like he always does. You know, we always get great recruits. He has a great coaching staff, and uh, it don't matter what you say about Coach Doran, he always finds great help. He always has great assistants. Great guys are going to get you prepared for the next level. So I think he's doing all those things. And I think personally he's doing well, man. I think, uh, you know, his kids are getting older, which is kind of yeah. cool to see. He probably has a lot. Le- he has a little bit less stress because his kids are like, like two or three of them are in high school and stuff, so now he's not having to baby them. They're getting older and stuff. So I think, uh, you know, he's finally starting to relax a little bit. This is Pack Therapy. Julio. I'm joined today by Naheem Hines, a running back at NC State. He's now with the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to get to your NFL career, Naheem. But first, and I never call you Naheem. I don't know why I'm doing that now. Um, but first, this is pack therapy. So I want to. Do you want to start with the good or the bad? Let's go to the bad. You want to go to the bad? All right. In your three years at NC State, what was the most painful loss? Clemson. Clemson. In sixteen, all right. That I, I was. Still think, I, I still think about it. I still think about. It. Honestly, I think it's just. Um, I won't even just say it's just sixteen Clemson. I think it's just Clemson as a whole. Like my first year, we had we had like we had a good game with them. They beat us in the second half. Twenty sixteen, you know, we missed the field goal. Then the next year, we you know we're down by obviously I was hurt and couldn't play as much. Yeah. And we're down what we're down seven. It's third and four. We catch the ball and get with like a minute left and a timeout. We get tackled on like the five have a chance to tie the game, and then we get called back for the legal procedure penalty. So I think within 16 and 17 at Clemson, like, man, that's just tough. <laughs> I don't even like looking at the color orange. Like, I really – I still, until today, will talk about the NC State, like how we missed the kick and stuff. Like, we, I, it's still talked about. Like, I, it's unbelievable. Like, I just – man, that's it hurts. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's different for you because you played in the game. But in the previous episode, I spoke with Brandon Bishop, who played safety for NC State. And he pointed out, now that we've had a few years on this, that NC State actually won that game. Like, they outplayed – you outplayed Clemson, right? Like We did. I mean, it's just a matter of making a kick. And if you don't – if you make the kick, everyone remembers it, obviously, in a certain way. But I am th- – th- I was kind of curious about someone who actually participated in that game because you're not the only one, I'll obviously. never forget that. I will never forget that game. Never, ever. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna think about that game forever. Like, literally. I still like feel the exact same way I did five years. It was five years. It was five years ago, and I still I just that's always gonna hurt. <laughs> there's no way around it. That's always gonna hurt. So there's no solace in the way that you guys actually played in that game and took the game to them. Uh, Matt Day has had an unbelievable game. 
I mean, yeah, Matt had a great game. The Love defense, Matt. the defense. I mean, they blew up Wayne Gallman. I forgot which was it. Sean Boone, Dre. It was Dre Wright. I'll never forget when he, hit, when he hit Wayne. I mean, he hit him hard. That, oh yeah, that was a fairly yeah, I know big. What you're saying, you you know, know what I'm saying? Like there was, there was so many. There were so victory. many. It's almost not even a moral victory because of how painful the ending was. But it was almost like, yeah, you you have all these years later where you're like, you know what? You can say, the scoreboard can say whatever you want, but we beat you in that game. Like we physically beat you in that game. We outplayed you in that game. Other than Christian Wilkins, what he had the punt fake and then he blocked a kick and he was outstanding yeah. in that game. I mean. We can say that, but you know, like you know how I am. I like to compete. Yeah. There's a winner and a loser. Yeah. And we were the losers. So I mean you can get a moral victory out of it, but in my eyes we lost the game. I mean, we didn't do enough to win. Shoot, I garnered other games where I scored six touchdowns and we lost. And it's not like when I came off of it in the field, I was like, Oh, I scored six touchdowns. I mean, whatever. It was like, nah, we lost. Obviously I should have scored seven or we should have done more as a team. So that's kinda how we looked at it. I mean, there's no way you could, you know, some of the guys. There's no way you're gonna look at Chubb and Jay Sam even now and just be like, yeah, we, you know, right. we kind of, we, we still won the game even though we lost. You know, how Chubb and yeah, a lot of those guys on the team are were competitors. So I mean, we lost the game, fair and square. I mean, we had a chance in overtime to win it and we didn't win it. So just that's how the cookie crumbled, I guess. It, it, it hurts. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting though that 17 you had like 16 was would have been a great win, no no doubt. You go down there, you outplay them. I'm not I'm not downplaying that. But 17, as you mentioned, that was actually your guys' chance to win the ACC. You had them at home. It was McLeod, right, Ray Ray? Yep. With the punt return. The punt return. It oh, ends, my goodness. Ends up basically being the difference. And, again, you did not play a lot in that game. That was that and the Wake Forest game, which were the two conference losses that year. You basically didn't play at all in those games. So when you were on the field that year, you guys were unbeaten in the ACC. Wow, that's an interesting stat. I mean, like like you said, we had a chance to win the ACC, and uh, I think um, with with all of that being, it comes down to execution and a couple yeah. of plays, and we well, you, you know we didn't do what we were supposed to do, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, so let's go to the the flip side then. What was your what what did you think was your best win in your three seasons at NC State? Uh, I think um the best win of our career, my career was probably two of them. Uh, obviously, it doesn't go for much how, with how the year went, but in 2017, when we went down to Florida State and won. That was huge because that was the only time I ever beat Florida State. At the time, they were like 12th or 9th in the country. And it was a big win. Obviously, they only won. They won three or four games this that year, but we didn't know that when we won. And I think the other one was uh, Louisville, the night game. Like, every time I see Carter Finley at night, that's the game I think about. Like, last night, like, seeing Carter Finley, you know, with the black uniforms on, and which I might add, I'm, I'm so sad they got a, they always get nice uniforms when you leave somewhere because all the uniforms since I've left have been amazing. But, uh... <laughs> But like I, I just every time I see like you know Carter Finley at night, I think about that Louisville game, you know, where we somehow contained Lamar Jackson, had a great game, won on national television, and you know back then we didn't get as many primetime games as NC State's getting now, so you know, it was a big deal for us. Somehow contain Lamar Jackson? You mean Bradley Chubb? Yeah, we yeah. I mean he still <laughs> I mean, did his he, thing, but I he mean had you a know game. he's gonna. <laughs> you know how Lamar is. Lamar's gonna always get his. You just hope to contain him. Do you think the Louisville game is? And some people have had this argument over what is the best win of the Dave era that that game even though Louisville finished that year eight and five they still had Lamar Jackson right like can't erase the moment where they were still ranked when you guys played or or do you think it some people might even argue it's the Notre Dame game in the uh in the hurricane Ooh, that hurricane game that was a tough game that Notre Dame series for me was tough but uh I don't know I mean you know what? I'm not sure the best win would you know under day under Dave Dorn's era even the um the Carolina game in 2016, we were on the right. ropes, and 
we beat that team that was what ten and nine and two that year with Trubisky, you know, TJ Logan, Elijah Hood. Those that was a great win too. So we we've had some great wins, you know. Hopefully we've had we've had some tougher losses, but those are always easier to talk about. But we've had a lot of great wins, you know, Louisville, Carolina. Even the, the Notre Dame game in the rain was that was a tough game just to begin with, so that's even up there. So we've had some great we've had some great wins, and I hope you know this year we get some better wins. We uh, you know we can say all these things, but you know I I got to see Clemson go down one time. I as an NC State fan, I, I we have to beat Clemson. I love how much you dislike Clemson. It's it's so strange because I know how much you dislike Carolina, just being as someone who grew up around here and and as a State fan. But it's interesting to me that Carolina actually wasn't they were good in sixteen when you guys beat them, and then they kind of fell off the table a little bit. So it's interesting that you 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 gravitate to you know who the who the the best team in the league is right like that's that's the competitor. Yeah, I really wanted to go to Clemson too, and I ended up not going there. And then I had the pleasure of playing them every year. So it was the it was interesting because I remember my recruiting process. I just knew I was going to go to Clemson for whatever reason. I ended up at NC State. And didn't so. didn't they make you decide on the spot? And then when you didn't, Ray Ray McLeod took the scholarship. It was something like that. Yeah, like they, 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 you know, they wanted one of us to commit, so they kind of pressured both of us, and then uh, not really pressured us, but you know, they wanted us to kind of make a decision so they could keep going. You know how it's, you know, how recruiting is, sure. Because they, if you don't take the spot, somebody else is going to take it. So, uh, it was Ray Ray and I, from what I was told, and uh, you know, they were upfront about it. and They told me everything that was going on, so I mean, I just understood it, and I guess I held my water because I didn't know. So I guess it worked out for both of us. I mean, Ray Ray always played good in Raleigh too. I think he had his first career touchdown in Raleigh, yeah. and then returned to punt two years later. Yeah. So I think it worked out well for both of us. All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts portion of this programming. Naheem, the Nightmare Hines, joining me here on Pack Therapy this week, year four, uh, coming off a season where you guys made the playoffs last year. I would argue your best year with the Colts. You had 63 catches. You had seven total touchdowns. I know you want to do more, but I did feel like that was a solid year for you last year. It was a great start, best year of my career. And uh, each year I've been trending upward. So each year I improve a little bit. The yards per carry go up. The, all the, the catches and things go up or stay the same. So that's really just the model, just have a better year than last year. And I definitely did that. So uh, this year I'm looking to do the same thing, have a better year than last year. Is it different for you now? This will be year four and it'll be three different quarterbacks, right? Four. Year four. four. I'm four for four, baby. Oh, you did, did you play a year with Andrew Luck? <laughs> yes, sir, I did. Okay, so Luck, then you had Jacoby, Brissett, then Phillip Rivers last year, and now this year will be Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz, yep. So, let me ask first about playing with Philip Rivers as somebody I know I've asked you this before, and you're like, I was too young to remember him, but you still were a state fan growing up. So I'm sure there was a part of you that enjoyed having the chance to play a season with an NC State legend. Oh, you know, I was excited. I was pumped. It was uh, it was an honor to play with Philip. Uh, and all the stories I heard about him was true. His passion, all of that. It was uh, it's something I'm gonna live to tell my kids. And the coolest thing I think about the whole thing is I caught his first touchdown as a Colt. So I, you know, as a you know kid from Raleigh, I when I first met him, I tried not to fangirl him. I was like, he texted me <laughs> and all that stuff, and uh, I, I was trying not to, you know, I was trying to keep my composure. But uh, you know, got to give him the first touchdown ball, tell him that you know I'm happy he's a Colt. And you know, when you play with somebody like that, you could see how the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers of the world are because he knows everything. It was just. Like, Andrew was the same way, but, you know, when Philip, you know, Phillip's been in the league 17 years. Right. It's like, last year, he would see it before he even saw it. Like, he would tell us a look that was in the huddle. He'd be like, hey, guys, if we get this look, we're doing this. And it was like he was psychic. It was like we'd break the huddle, and he'd be the exact look he just told us about. And, you know, I've never seen stuff like that. So, it was um, it was definitely a privilege and honor to play with uh, Philip Rivers. He's coaching high school football now, which is what his dad did. I'm curious, down the road, do you think he would have any interest in being NC State's football coach? 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that right up Phillips uh, alley. He, Phillip was like honestly when I was there, Phillip was a coach there. Like right. he was our coach on the field. Like you know how the NFL is they give those guys the keys. So yeah, you know him and Frank talk about the plays they like. Him and Frank were on the same page. So when they go out there and Phillip gets to change in plays and stuff, he's a coach. You know Frank gives them the play or whatever. But Phillip always had the right to override the play and go off what he saw. So uh, I can see Phillip being a. I don't know. I mean, you know, Phillip's a. You know, he's an Alabama guy through and through, yeah. and he loves Alabama, but. His family. I can see him come back to NC State. Yeah, his family is such a priority. Like it almost would have to be a little bit further down the road. I, in my mind, it's just a matter of what level does Philip want to coach at. Does he does he want to stay at the high school level? Does he want to go to the college level? Does he want to go to the pro level? I, I, I think he could do any of those things. I think he has to get all his nine kids grown yes. in college, then he'll think about it. Yes, yes. Tiffany uh, has deserves some time with, with her husband. That that's that's for sure. You mentioned Frank Reich, and I'm I'm curious because. He really – they had Darren Sproles when he was in Philly, and I thought, man, this is a great spot for you to be with him, with the Colts. And I'm just I'm just curious how, how that relationship has, has gone because you've had different quarterbacks, but obviously you've had the same play caller. Yeah, that's actually funny you say that. Uh, you know, when I was getting drafted, I just knew I was going to go somewhere. Like, Philly, like Philadelphia was the first spot I thought about. And, uh, you know, I actually didn't know the Colts had got a new head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. So when he called me when I got drafted, he said, Frank Reich, you know, hey, I hate this is Frank Reich. And I text my agent, I'm like, who in the world is Frank Wright? And he texts me, he tells me about, you know, the, the comebacks when he was in the NFL and yes. college personally. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, yeah, and I was the offensive coordinator from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl. I said, oh, so basically I went to Philly. So <laughs> I guess it worked out how it was supposed to work out. I mean, I guess basically I went to Philly, you know, just in the Midwest version with Frank. And, uh, you know, it was, it's really been great. You know, uh, Frank has a lot of trust in uh, myself. And each year we try, I've tried to build that confidence in him. And uh, he has a lot of trust in who he puts out on that field. So, uh, you, know, we've had, uh, you know, we've had new quarterbacks. But I think the most interesting thing in the NFL is just seeing how differently an offense can be just based on the quarterback. Like, just with the, without these four quarterbacks, we've ran, like, you know, the same kind yeah. of run plays. But our passing game sometimes is completely different. Like, you know, Andrew likes something. Phillip runs a lot. Like, he liked a lot different types of route concepts than Andrew did like this is how quarterback sees things and thinks and goes through their progression so uh seeing all that has been cool and you know seeing how Frank's had to adjust and you know Frank always does a great job of you know spotlighting and using those guys using guys strengths to help us win so it's been great to watch Frank you know do that he's really a great play caller and a great coach Naheem Hines this is a contract year my friend is that extra pressure no pressure don't think about it you're always thinking about it where are you in that mental space Honestly, it is what it is. I think uh, my work speaks for itself. Each year I've improved. I've done everything the Colts have asked me to do. And uh, really, it's not really much pressure. I mean, the NFL is pressure. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you know, you've known me a long time. I feel like even in college, every year for me was a contract year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, I always do it like that because this year is the most important year because it's this year up. And you can't focus on next year because this is the year. You don't know what's going to happen this year. So, uh, you know, hopefully contract a contract and stuff gets done, you know, maybe before the season, during the season, or after the season. But uh, it would be nice, but I'm not really going to think about it. My real goal is just to have a better year than last year because if I don't have a better year than last year, this contract year won't matter to me anyway. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be great, but, you know, I want to put myself in the best position, you know, hopefully have a great market. Naheem Hines, I recently saw you in this summer, and I just you, – you and I go back, and, and you know this, but and I don't have any fear of this, but don't ever change, man, because there's so many people here in Garner care so much about you because you still care. No matter how big you get, you still care. And you were the same way at NC State. You were the same way at the Colts. You went to a uh, Hall of Fame ceremony for Tim Stevens, who's from Garner, worked at the News and Observer for a long time, wrote a lot of stories about you, obviously – uh, Eddie Gray was there too, longtime Garner basketball coach, assistant football coach. And I actually had a chance to see Eddie 
not long after you and I were at that Hall of Fame ceremony, and he just couldn't say enough good things about you. So I know you, your mom and your dad did, did some really good things, and I'll give I'll give Nia some credit there too for keeping you on, on the right path. But uh, I, I appreciate you, man, and uh, I know you're going to have a big year, and I know the Colts for, are in for good things because the nightmare is in their backfield. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Oh, and you're going to like my thought pad this year. I got some nightmare stuff on there for you, brother. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Oh, yeah. Going, oh, claim it now that you coined that name, too. I wish I would have bought into it a little bit earlier, but that's definitely Oh, awesome. you're good, man. You're good. No, remember <laughs> I gave you the choice. I said Naheem the Dream or Naheem the Nightmare, and you said Nightmare. So nightmare. it wasn't me. It was you. <laughs> it's all yours. It's all yours. Uh, before you leave, I need you to say Wolfpack ain't for soft people for me like, uh, like Philip did. The Wolfpack ain't for soft people. Thanks again to the Nightmare, Naheem Hines, for spending some time here at the Pack Therapy session. Pack Therapy is presented by Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. No mosquitoes, no pests, no contracts, guaranteed. Please join me on Thursday with Ruffin McNeil, who is a special assistant to Dave Dorn at NC State. Ruff spent a good portion of his career at Texas Tech with Mike Leach, who is now the head coach at Mississippi State, who the Wolfpack will square off with this week in Starkville. So download, subscribe, follow, join us here on Pack Therapy. It'll be Thursday with Ruffin McNeil. See you then.